We're kicking off a brand new series today called Three Questions That Will Change Your Life. That's a big promise. And, uh, but I think we're going to be able to fulfill on this and we're going to look over the next three weeks at three big questions that all of us ask. And, uh, we're going to try to go into the scriptures and find out what the word of God has to say about these three questions. And, and I fully believe that if we will look at these three questions through the lens of what God tells us that, uh, our life will radically be changed. We'll, we'll view things differently. We'll live differently. And uh, how many want to be more like Jesus in this place? <laughs> Amen. Are you excited to be in church? Yeah. Are you responsive? Okay, you got your Bibles? All right, flash them at me. Let me just see it. All right. <clears throat> note cards? You got some note cards? Wave them at me. Okay, all right. So <clears throat> as we say all the time, we, uh, we love to have fun here at church. We think church should be a place that you enjoy, not a place you endure. And so if you've got to endure church, get out of that church. Uh, you should have fun, so we're going to laugh, and we're going to have a good time together as we dive into God's Word. And, uh, and so I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 20 real quick before we go anywhere. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 20, before we go anywhere. USA Today did a survey uh, a couple years back, and they asked this question, what would you ask God if you could get a direct and immediate answer? Think about that. What if you could pick up your cell phone and dial 777? I'm just thinking that's what God's number would be. <clears throat> and, and, and God picked up the other line, the other end of the phone, and, and much like a genie said, if I could answer one question for you, what would it be? You get one shot. This is all you get. What would you ask? I don't know. <clears throat> you can kind of think about it. I'll tell you what this survey came back as. The number one question that people said that they would ask God if they could have a direct line to him and he would answer immediately is this. Why am I here? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is this all about? You know, we go through life, working jobs, having kids, building a family. But do you ever kind of just stop and think a little bit grander and go, what is this all about? Like, is this really all about me just having a job to make money so I could buy a house and buy a car and have kids and grow old and die? Like, is this, is this what it's all about? Because I'm miserable at my job or I'm miserable in my marriage or this family is just crazy. Have you ever thought that? God, what is there... Is there more to life than just nine to five, get up, work, come home, eat dinner, play with my kids, go to bed, wake up, go to work? Anybody, anybody here with me on that one? <clears throat> and, and the number one question that they had was, why am I here? What's this all about? And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit more um, about what is my purpose? What is God's will for my life? People ask that all the, all the time. What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? But before we dive into what God wants us to do, I think we've got to answer the first question, and that is, why am I here? Because if you answer the what, what am I to do, but you don't know why, then it doesn't help. And so we've got to go back to why in the first place. Why am I here? Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 17, Jeremiah actually asked the exact same thing. 
This is what he says. He says in Jeremiah 20, 17, why was I ever born? Undoubtedly, there's some things going on in Jeremiah's life. He is a prophet and God's given him an assignment that he doesn't too much care for. And he's just been going through a lot of stuff. And so you can see, he says, man, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble and with sorrow and with shame. Why? What, what is this all about? But we know in Proverbs 16, 4, that the Lord has made everything for what? For his own purposes. That there's nothing that was made on accident. Everything that God makes is on purpose. You and I are made on purpose and for a purpose. Every plant, every cloud, every, every tree, every animal is made on purpose and for a purpose. And we see here that it is for his purposes that he makes everything. And so this message is going to be extremely simple and extremely memorable, I hope, because I'm going to, I'm going to give you three words today that are going to help you discover why you are here. And we're going to take these three words and, uh, and dive into them. And they are going to rhyme, by the way, just to help you out. So that way you can walk out of here and know what they are. Because anytime people ask you, what's this all about? You're going to say these three rhyming words. And it's going to remind you that this is what it's all about. So I want you to write this first one down. No. Not N-O. K-N-O-W. No. I want us to go to Mark chapter 3. Look at Mark chapter 3. And I want you to look at this. Jesus is uh, starting his ministry. And the very first thing that, that Jesus does is he says, man, I need a team. I need to get people around me. And watch what... It says in Mark chapter 3, verse 14 through 15. And he, speaking of Jesus, appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so they might. Now, what's those three words? They might. What's those next three words after that? (laughs) They might. Yes, I know it's they might. Thank you. I already said that. I need the other three. (laughs) Okay. okay, We're going to redo this one. Okay. That was. That's wrong. Rewind. Okay. You're being obedient sheep. Thank you so much. (laughs) And he appointed 12. Let's try it again. Okay, here we go. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so they might. So much better. Be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Now you're going to notice that Jesus gives these guys incredible power. I mean, they can cast out demons, they can preach, they can heal the sick, they can do some incredible things. But here's the thing that we've got to get first. Before you can do, God calls you to be. Before you can do, God calls you to be. Notice what happens before he gives them the power to preach and cast out demons and heal sick. What does he say? I want you to be with me. Be with me. The first and most important thing that God desires from all of us is that we would be with him, that we would be connected to Jesus, that we would know Jesus, that we would be with Jesus. <clears throat> it's, it's very similar to um, an extension cord. You know how an extension cord works? You know, if you want to get something plugged in on that side of the room and it's only got this short of a cord. And so you usually will get some form of an extension cord and you will go and you'll take that extension cord. You'll plug it into an outlet. You'll run that extension cord all the way to where it is. You'll plug it into the lamp. Okay, I don't, I don't think I need to explain this to you. But we can, you plug it into a lamp to have it come on. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You don't plug the extension cord into the outlet 
and you just go on this end and plug it into the lamp, how many of you know you get nothing? No power. None at all. And today I'm here to tell you that you and I are extension cords. I know you've probably never been called that before. It's probably the, but you are. You are an extension cord. And if you are plugged in to Christ, if you are with Christ, if you're connected to Christ, there is a power that you get that is not your own, but that God gives you so that way when you touch something else, you bring power to it. You and I are extension cords. There's actually no power in you. The power comes through you because of Jesus. Come on. How many want to, how many want to impact the world? How many want to make a difference? you got to understand, first and foremost, it doesn't come from you just being great. It comes from you being with Jesus, and the power that comes from Jesus allows you to touch the world. Okay, y'all with me here? So this idea of, of knowing God, being connected to God. Let's read this, this verse here. Ephesians 1, verse 4 through 5, it says, Even before Jesus made the world. Now watch this. So before all of this was ever here, watch what happens. God loved us, underline that, circle that, highlight that. He loved us and he what? What did he do? He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now watch this. And God decided in what? In advance to adopt us into his own family. That's what we talk about. Welcome home. Welcome to the family. He's adopted us into his own family by bringing us to who? Who does he bring us to? To himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Gave him great pleasure. God's desire from day one, Adam and Eve, when he made Adam and Eve, the Bible says that when God created Adam and Eve, he, what did God do with them? He walked with them in the garden. Imagine that. Imagine waking up in the morning and God's going, good morning. Want to go for a walk? Sure. And just strolling with God. Of course, we know sin enters in the world, destroys all that, because God can't have anything to do with anything that's unholy. So God steps out of the picture, but then God says, don't worry, I'm going to fix this. And he sends Jesus. Now notice this, when God decided he needed to fix the problem, what did he do? He sent Jesus to be with us, and he comes and he lives a life that we couldn't live, and he died a death that we should have died all for the sake of being yet with us again. Notice, know, knowing that if he deals with this sin issue, then his people can be with him again. Jesus didn't die for you. Jesus died to be with you. Listen to me on this. He did not die just for you. He died to be with you. The whole reason Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection is powerful to us is because he took away the sin that separated us from God. So God, because God is a relational God, his desire from day one is that people would want to be with him, that they would want to know him, that they would want to be connected to him. Let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered why God, uh, Jesus, all throughout the gospels, that, that he would ask people to leave things to follow him? You ever wonder why he did that? Jesus would ask people, he would tell people, listen, I want you to leave your wealth or I want you to leave your job. Hey, leave throw down your nets. Come follow me. Hey, Hey, what about my mom? Leave your mom. Come follow me. Hey, what about all my, the rich young ruler? Hey, what do I do to need to follow you? Just go sell all your stuff and come follow me. You ever wonder why he did all that? Let me tell you why he did all that. He did all that because he wanted to know if these people wanted to follow him because they wanted God or because they wanted something from God. 
And he realized that if they weren't willing to give up everything to follow God, then they were only following God for what they could get from God. Y'all with me here? So here's the question. Do we truly want to know God or are we just playing church to get things from God? Do we come to church because we go, God, you need to fix my marriage. God, you need to give me a job. God, you need to do this. And so we come to church with the intentions of God. You saw I was at church. I checked it off and I threw a little money in and I even served in the kids. I mean, that's a big deal, God. I served in the kids for you. So fix my marriage. Right? And here's how you know, because when God doesn't do what you want to do, do you, do you keep coming? Or do you go, I tried that church thing and I'm out. You know why? Because you tried church, you didn't try Jesus. Amen. Jesus wasn't the treasure. You were after something from God. You didn't want God. Y'all, y'all hear me? Think about that with your kids. You give gifts to your kids because you want to bless them. But more than anything, you want your kids to want to desire a relationship with you. You don't want your kids just to come, come to you because they just want stuff from you, like your Santa Claus. You, you want your kids to love you. And you want to be a blessing to your kids. But over the, over the stuff, I want them to love me. I want them to want to be with me. And that is the same way we, we are with God. Jesus so longs to be with you. Have you ever been to an LSU game? Anybody ever been to an LSU game? Basketball, football, baseball, anything? I went to an LSU football game a couple, probably two or three years ago with my wife. I was up in the, my nose was bleeding. Um, I was up in the cheap seats. Um, but if you just ever been to an LSU game, there is something absolutely electric about the stadium that's there. And, and everything that's going on. And they were playing some no-name team. I didn't know who it was. That's probably why I got the tickets. And I'm there. And... And every time they would score a touchdown, it literally felt like electricity was like going through the stadium. People were like jumping up. I was jumping up, high-fiving people. I didn't know. I was celebrating. I was cheering them on. I don't even know the guy that just ran. I was just excited for him. I mean, I was pumped. I mean, I went and bought an LSU shirt. I mean, I was, I was sporting everything. What was going on there? It's because I was actually, and and here's the truth. All of these people are tapping into something that we're actually wired for. We are wired to worship. We're wired to celebrate something. We're wired to do that. It's why when I talk to people oftentimes that come here for the church for the first time, and then we'll follow up with them after and they go, I don't know what it was that was there. But there was just something while they were singing or there was just something while the preaching was going on that there was just something inside of me that was going, oh, my goodness, what is this? You know why? It's because you were wired for that. You were wired to worship. The problem is, though, we worship the wrong things. We worship LSU more than Jesus. We worship the saints more than Jesus. We worship our jobs more than Jesus. We worship our kids more than Jesus. So God's desire from day one when he made you was that you would know God, that you would know who he is and that you would be with him. That's his desire for his guys here, that they would be with him and that they would know him, that we would be connected to God. Here's the second thing. Write this second word down. 
grow. So God's desire and why you are here is for you to know God, that you would know him in an intimate way, that you would have a relationship with him, that you would be with him. The second thing is for you to grow. Colossians chapter 2, let's read this verse. Colossians 2 verse, verse 7 says this. Let your roots, what's that word? Okay, so anytime you see it, just help me out here. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on who? On him. This is on Jesus. Then your faith will. There we go. What will it do? It'll grow what? It'll grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Come on, that's a great verse. Let's do a little survey here real quick. How many parents I got in the house? Got kids? Raise your hands. Okay, good. I did that so that way you could relate with my pain that I'm about to share in just a minute. I love my boys. I love my boys with all that I got. And I, I share a lot about them. Um, but I want my boys to grow up. I want them to grow up. Um, and not that, you know, people say all the time, oh, man, enjoy them when they're young. Enjoy them when they're young. When they get old, you know, you got a whole other slew of issues. And I understand, but you, haven't, you, you must have forgot how you change PP sheets four times in a night. And diapers. Come on. How, how do you remember those days? How, how do you remember the best, the best day of my life was when we upgraded from the car seat to the booster seat? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I've lost my religion probably at least seven, eight times trying to put in a car seat. If you have never tried to put in a car, don't put it in. Try to take it out. Try to take out a car seat with the child in it. (laughs) You're all coming. I just pulled the seat out, pulled them all out. Come on. How many know it's a great day when your kids can bathe themselves? Come on. When your kids can feed themselves. When your kids can change it. Hey, go get dressed. That's a great day. That is a great day. The other the, uh, couple of weeks ago, I had Josiah on the lawnmower. I was celebrating worshiping Jesus. I was, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you. They do grow up. As he hit a tree. <clears throat> what the heck? Need some coaching. I mean, I, I give, I give, uh, listen, all the wives in here, all the moms in here, I give you so much respect because sometimes I'm just so excited to wake up in the morning and go to work because I get a rest. I go deal with counseling issues all day long. <laughs> get me out of that house. I'm just so excited for my boys to grow up. But I want to, I want to show you something though, because this is not just a natural thing. This is actually a spiritual thing. Because 1 Corinthians 13, look what it says. It says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I, when I grew up, I put away childish things. The greatest trap for Christianity is immaturity. The greatest trap of Christianity is immaturity. There's nothing worse. Come on, let's, let's think about this. There's nothing worse than an adult who still lives like a kid. You got, you got any of those that still live at home? That don't want to grow up. No, 
Now, it's okay to be at home if you're trying to do what you need to do to get life, and I totally understand all that. But kids who, wanna, who are in their 20s, 30s, and still want to act like a boy and play video games and don't want to get a job and don't want to do anything. Come on, how many of you know, how many know uh, changing a diaper at 2 is, is expected? Changing a diaper at 12, we got an issue. Yeah. Right? Having your little three-year-old run around naked, that's fun. Having your 33-year-old run around naked, that's a whole nother game. That's illegal. Y'all with me here? They're expected to grow up. Like, put some clothes on. Change yourself. It's, it's <laughs> Amen. Here's the question. How do you know when someone's grown up? You want to know when it's no longer about them. My boys wake up every morning and here's the thing. Dad, I'm hungry. Dad, what you going to fix me? Dad, I want this. Dad, I want that. Yesterday we're coming back from a wedding and, 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 and Joel is, I love my son, Joel. I love him so much, but he is so persistent. Until he gets what he wants. And whatever it was he wanted, he was just so persistent and persistent and persistent and persistent and persistent. His other two boys got a Happy Meal and he got a hot and spicy sandwich, which is not in a Happy Meal. And he wanted the toy. Dad, I want a toy. I want a toy. I want a toy. Dad, I want a toy. Dad, I want a toy. I'm going to throw you out this car in just a minute. You and your hot and spicy are going to walk home all by yourself. Why? Because he, he wants what he wants. Come on, any of your kids like that? Come on, help me out, parents. Please, give me a little feedback here, okay? <laughs> Just all they care about is self. What I want. I was sitting there. Seriously, there's three other seats here. Just find a seat. That's my drink. That's my this. That's my that. Everything is consumed with self. And you know someone grows up when they think about others more than themselves. That's how you know. When they wake up and their, their desire is, hey, dad, what can I do for you? Hey, dad, what needs to get done around here? Hey, dad, I want to go get a job. Sure, that would be awesome. <laughs> go. Okay, now let's take that spiritually. All right. So you might want to lift your feet up here on this one. You know that people are growing spiritually when they come to church, not just for what they want, but for now they want to give. Feed me, help me, serve me, take care of my kids, take care of my stuff, take care of my things. I don't like this. I don't like the music. I don't like his preaching. I don't like that. I don't like this. Can I just give you a very pastoral loving grow up? It's not about you. And if you read this scripture, it's definitely not about you. Because when God saves you, he doesn't save you just for you. He saves you because he wants to use you to change the world. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? And you know when you are spiritually growing up, when it's no longer about what is about you, but you say, you know what? I want to help someone else. That's how you know. We, uh, we, we have, can we put that growth slide up? 
We, here at the church, we want to help you grow. We're all about reaching people and about building lives, and we want to help you grow. And so we created things for you to be a part of to help you spiritually grow. The first part of connecting to Christ is, is our weekend services. You're here. I'm so excited you're here. That's step one. You can go and be a part of our step 101, our, our next step class, which is how you get connected here. Some of you, there's actually probably a majority of you that are stuck here at this one. And you don't realize there's so much more for you to be a part of, to grow in. You can come and be a part of our next step and jump in and we talk about it and we share about it. You can get plugged into a life group and do life on life with people. You can be a part of a dream team and actually learn how to serve and give of yourself. You want to know why you're miserable? Because it's all about you. The most miserable people are the people who are self-consumed. If you want to realize the greatest joy in life is actually when you give your life away. And so I encourage you, as your pastor lovingly telling you, if you want to stay where you're at, that's fine. But if you want to grow and get all of God that he has for you, take the steps. Just one step at a time. Take the step. So we're called to grow. The disciples also need to grow. Let me show you a, a, a verse here. Luke nine fifty two. Because when Je- you know, oftentimes when we think when Jesus called the disciples, the disciples were just awesome guys. No, they needed some work. They needed to grow too. I'll show you. Luke nine fifty two, And he sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome him, uh, welcome Jesus, because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Now watch. Here's, here's James and John. James and John saw this and they said to Jesus, Lord, should we just call fire down from heaven and burn them up? <laughs> what? Hey, Jesus, you want to do like a weenie roast right here? Like, bam! Don't you be disrespecting my Jesus! And we just like, we'll drop Mike and walk out the city and be like, don't you be doing this. Jesus is like, oh my goodness, what kind of guys did I pick? Watch this. It actually, I'd like to say it gets better, but it actually gets worse. Matthew 19, 13. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus. And so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. How dare you bring children to him to pray for them? What do you think? Like he prays for people or something? Jesus is like, oh my goodness. He's probably trying to hide some of those disciples. Just stay back, please. Because Jesus was always about helping people. The woman at the well that we talked about uh, on first Wednesday. What were the disciples all worried about? What to go eat? What was Jesus saying? Hey, my food is to do the will of God. The disciples come back and go, what's he doing with this woman? And he's like, y'all don't even get it. You know why? Because you're so self-consumed. You're totally missing all this. So God has called us as disciples to grow. Now, here's the good thing is that these disciples actually do grow. Look at Acts 17. It says, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. It's incredible that these same disciples who were just constantly putting their feet in their mouth finally came to the place where they got it. And listen to this. All of them but John died a martyr's death. You think they got it? I think so. Because they knew 
that they needed to grow. And here's how you grow is when you know Jesus. When you connect like that extension cord to Jesus, God begins to grow you from the inside out. And here's the last one. Glow. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Glow. Know, grow, and glow. John 1, 6 through 8. Let's wrap all this up. And God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Now, here's the key point. I want you to see this. G, uh, John himself was what? Not the light. Okay. Let's set that straight. John the Baptist was not the light. Now watch. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So listen to me. You are not the light. I am not the light. We are simply reflections of the light. Jesus is the sun. We are the moon. The moon is not the light, by the way. It is simply a reflection of the sun. There is no light within you that is not Christ. Christ's light radiates from us. And God calls us to not only know him and not only to grow in him, but also for us to glow with him. Now, uh, we got a new house about two years ago or so that we're in. And uh, I've never shared this story. And, uh, but today I am. And the first night that we're in there, you know, everybody's got their own rooms and, and we're laying down in our bed. We're exhausted beyond all get out. We've been, you know, hauling everything back and forth from our old house. We're getting everything in. Lindsay and I are, are just laying in bed and I'm just, I'm like passed out. And Lindsay goes, whoo, the stars are sure bright out tonight. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, just out of nowhere. And she starts laughing and laughing and laughing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, look up. (laughs) And our previous owners in their master bedroom had stars all on the ceiling. (laughs) Like the ones you, you have in your kids' rooms. Like everywhere, all throughout it. And I was... Say, man, they sure are bright tonight. I don't know if I can go to sleep now. And we laughed and we laughed. And to this day, those stars are still there. I looked at them last night. I told her, because I told her I was preaching this. I said, the stars are sure bright out tonight. It's become like a running joke when things are just rough in our house. That's kind of the go-to joke when we're laying in bed. Stars are sure bright out tonight. And, and here's how those stars work if you have them in your kid's room. If you, if you have your lights all on in the room and then you turn the lights off, they, they reflect all of the light that you had on. But if, that, if, that, if there's been no light in there, you can't see them. They're gone. It's only when it's been exposed to the light and that it's been around the light that you actually can see it. Maybe you'll get this. It's only when they've been around the light and exposed to the light that you can see it. Maybe you're not getting this. It's only when they've been around the light and exposed to the light, they don't emit light. They reflect light, and the closer they are to the light, the brighter they are. Now you're getting it. Okay, now we're getting it. I can stay here. 
But do y'all see how this is? You're not the light. But let me say this. Some of you are not glowing anymore. And you know why you're not glowing? Because you're not knowing and you're not growing. If you would just get back to be around the light again, which this verse says that Jesus is the light, you'll start glowing a whole lot more. We should live our lives in such a different way because of what Jesus has done in us that we just glow. That it beckons the question of what has happened to you? You look different. You sound different. You, you act different. You talk different. You know why? Because when I am connected to Christ and then I am growing in Christ and becoming like Christ, guess what? I emit Christ and I glow like Christ. So you may need to do some heart introspection right now and go, are you glowing? Are you glowing? Is there something different about you and the person that is in the cubicle next to you that doesn't know God? We should work differently than, un- than, than non-believers. We should, we should have so much more joy than non-believers. If, if the same level of joy that you have is the same level that a, somebody that doesn't even go to church, there's something that's wrong. Are y'all with me here? We're called to glow. What's one word that you use to describe a pregnant woman? Right? Man, she just glows. That's, that's what we would use to describe a pregnant woman's face. Man, she just glows. Which, by the way, let me just give you a side thing here. Don't ever ask a woman if she's pregnant if you don't know. I'm just telling you. I, you can ask Pastor Bo about that. He'll give his own story. Crazy story, but don't ever do that. But, but let me ask you this. Why does a pregnant woman glow? Watch this. She was intimate with her husband. There's life growing on the inside of her. And now she glows. So think about this in our walk with Christ. We are intimate with our father. We know him. We're with him. We connect with him. The life of Christ is growing on the inside of us. And what is the byproduct? We glow. We glow. Let me wrap all this up. I have our worship team come back up. Acts 4. Look at this. Acts 4.13. It says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now, we've talked a lot about Peter. huh? That man is a screw up. But look what's happening now. It says they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now, watch this. For they could see that they were, what kind of men? Ordinary. ordinary. Anybody in here feel just like an ordinary person? Okay, good. Those are the ones God specializes in using. They were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. And now watch this. And they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Why are you here? 
to be with Jesus. What is this all about? Being with Jesus. Why do we do church on Sundays? So people can be with Jesus. Why do we do life groups? Why do we do next step? Why do we do all this? So you'll know God. So you'll grow. And ultimately, so you'll glow. See, but let me tell you what the problem is. Most of us want to glow, but don't want to know. Most of us want to do, but we don't want to be. Most of us want to go, God, tell me what your will is for my life. Tell me what you want me to do. And God's going, whoa, 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 hold on. I want you to do great things for me. But I want that to be a byproduct of you just spending time with me. I just want you to be with me. We'll get to go do stuff for Christ a little bit. But what about just being with Christ? The power of our lives comes out of being connected to Jesus. All across this place, if you just bow your heads just right there where you are. I want everyone in this room to ask this one question. And I want everybody here. Everybody here. I want you to ask this question. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? through this message right now Holy Spirit what are you speaking to me through this message there are those of you in here maybe you've been active for God maybe you've been doing things for God but you know what you're really not glowing anymore and if you were even more honest you're not even really growing. And now you, you're realizing it's just because I haven't been with Jesus. I've neglected the intimate time of being in God's presence. And so therefore, I have overflowed in anger. I've been overflowing in self-centeredness. I've been overflowing in, you name it, you know what's going on in your life. But all of it stems from just not being with Jesus. If that's you in this place, say, Pastor Josh, man, I want to recommit today to know God deeper and more. Uh, This week, I'm going to make that a priority to know God, to grow in God so that I can glow. If that's you in this place, it don't matter if if you're saved or not, I want you to stand up right where you are. Go ahead. Come on. If that's you, come on. I want to know God. I want to grow. I want to glow. If that's you, stand up right there where you are. Okay. Thank you so much. Would you just lift your hands just right there where you are? If you're standing, if you're by somebody right there, can you just begin to pray for them? Because God's doing something in them right now. He's challenging them. He's speaking to them. I want us just to pray over these people right now. God, I pray over every single person that stood up today. God, thank you for their honesty. Thank you for their honesty. God, we pray right now, Lord, that there would just be a a renewing of your spirit. God, I pray that they would sense you drawing them. God, even as David prayed, God, this morning, Lord, that, that you are drawing us close, God, that you are not angry with us, that you are a God of compassion. 
And God, you're drawing us back into relationship with you, to know you, to grow in you, and to glow. Father, we pray right now, God, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would begin to do a work in each one of these people, God. Remind them how much you love them. Remind them how valuable and how cherished they are. Remind them of what you've done for them. Come on, I want us just to pray all this together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be with me. Thank you for Jesus paying for my sins. Today, I repent of my selfishness. And I turn to you and I put you first. Thank you for loving me and for giving me a place in all of eternity with your Father. I love you today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said...